Welcome back, Rose. Thanks, Gala. Welcome back. It's almost like we never left. We actually just exist in this in this recording system now. We exist on Zoom. That's I, all there is. I mean, that's not not true. Like, <laughs> uh, I had to actually cancel a Zoom hangout today because I've already spent so much time on it this week. It's really um, a shift in our self-consciousness, I think. I mean, it's not like I've never FaceTimed before, but the amount of time spent looking at myself, looking at people is extraordinary. <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. It's, um, it's also- And why don't people call you anymore? Now everybody's <laughs> just FaceTiming. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, I would actually like you to not see all the fucking dumb shit that I'm doing while we're talking. And like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a laptop, so I have to plant in front of my desktop, which mm-hmm. like- it's not cozy. <laughs> no, and like I, I bet have... your, like I bet your back's killing you. Yeah, my shoulders get uh, very tight. I was also told that um, holding rage in. Ooh, is this your friend? All right, all right, we're back into it. Dykes, is there nothing they can do? What were you just doing, Gala? Um, well, let me fill you in on uh, my life in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> So um, for those who are just tuning into our um, regularly offered programming, I live upstairs from my ex-girlfriend and her wife. I, I rent from them, but they rent from someone else. And they are currently not here because it's a longer story. Basically, they have a home in Pennsylvania, so that's where they are. And I am the minder of this fortress, this basically three-story fortress, which is unheard of. And you would think, such richness, such abundance you have, Gala. But that's that's, um, short-sighted, dear (laughs) listeners, because what you don't know about houses is that they just keep going, whether you're in them or not. So... First, a couple weeks ago, I had a fly infestation downstairs. Now, you're wondering, why is she in there? Why is she downstairs? Well, dear listener, you will be unsurprised to know that there is no privacy between these two households. (laughs) Um, And we share uh, outside a garden and a laundry room. That's right. You heard it here first, the laundry room which requires me to go through their apartment. So I was on my way down to do my washing when I discovered, I don't know, dozens of flies whapping against the glass. It was a horrific sight, um, as you might imagine. I am but a city girl. And well, then it became my task to usher these flies out, right? Then you might think, why didn't she just kill them all? I did kill a few, but the rage didn't last, and it just felt wrong to keep going, you know? Oh, my God. I, you know? Um, so, basically, I would make it my job every morning, afternoon, and evening to stop by the downstairs and catch as many flies as I did see, normally around at least 20 each time, and ferry them outside where they happily wandered off. I've also um, really refrained in this time from looking up if flies can lay maggots of flies inside dead flies. You've refrained looking at that. Yeah, but I've thought about looking it up, you know, given the fact that there are flies that are dead and laying around, and I don't know where all of them are, and flies are attracted to dead things. You see where I'm going with this. I do. Um, yeah. So those are one of my um, existential concerns. Okay. It's about um, the, life, the life of flies. So anyway, back to my troubles. So after I got the citizen, the fly citizen countdown to, you know, manageable, um, and then I got all the fly catchers in the mail after I'd done all that work, so good for me, I 
discovered one day on my way out to my mailbox that the microwave that is installed downstairs has begun to short. Um, I've not been using this microwave. I don't live down there. And yet one day this microwave woke up from an endless slumber and decided that it didn't want to live this life anymore. It wanted to live a different life altogether. And so now every two minutes, there is a microwave beep that lasts about 10 counts. And I didn't used to hear it, but now I hear it even upstairs. That is, um, that's how my isolation has been going so far. That sounds wild. I had to actually just pause recording for a peak lesbian experience, which was um, meeting up with the person from Brooklyn, support it, Brooklyn something agriculture. What I'm saying is I had to go pick up my CSA from downstairs. Um, What'd you get? Vegetables you don't really want? Come on. That's not always what happens. Hold on. Let me adjust this mic. It's bothering me. I, <laughs> um, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I like CSAs too. It's just the, it's the catch 22 of it, right? Yeah. For me, uh, there was garlic, carrots, butter lettuce, which I'm pretty into. Rainbow chard, don't love. That, that would be the thing I don't like. I just can't seem to figure out how to make it into something that I like to eat. You know what? I agree with you, but I also ordered from these people, and I got a lot of um, parsnips. So uh, you can imagine that I'm going to be... The New York Times actually just posted a parsnip cake. That's what I'm interested in. Oh. Um, But, you know, it's like all parsnip recipes seem to call for carrots, which just makes me think that they rather those parsnips be carrots. But Mm -hmm. um, I've been... I got the same Swiss chard and I've been steaming it a little bit, like blanching it and then just covering it in some ghee. Let me tell you what, it's good. Don't you think that's more about the ghee than the Swiss chard? Fuck yeah. Yes, correct. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just say also to our listeners, and it feels very on brand for tourist season, if you can get past the chard, which also like why keep planting vegetables that nobody likes to eat? Who can say? I guess they grow well, but I'm no, I'm no farmer. So uh, take that as Kale it is. grows great. Everyone yeah, I love kale. Um, but I would say that especially as we're looking at possible food shortages in the fall, Mm-hmm. that a CSA is a great way to take yourself out of the really problematic realm of factory farming and supermarkets and also mm. support local farms and guarantee that you get some kind of fresh vegetables during the pandemic, right? Because it's easy enough to buy a lot of beans and starch, but what are you going to do? You don't have a cannery. Maybe you do. Also, these eggs are great. Their eggs are great. Yes. I also got a dozen eggs, so it was very exciting for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm sweating them with me, girlfriend. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you get the $8 cheese? or? You know what? We did not get the $8 cheese because I just feel like that's a gamble I can't make. Like, I want to pick the cheese. You know? <laughs> I sure do know. Yeah. Um, what, how is your, are we just checking in now? How I think we're checking in. so far? Um, it's, you know, uh, it's trashing my body, but, mm. um. How's it trashing your body? What well, it's trashing my body because I've been sitting in a chair staring at Zoom so much. I did finally order a fancy chair. Um, I can't complain too much because the reason I've been sitting in a chair staring at Zoom is because I've been doing a lot of astrology readings which has been Mm -hmm. probably the thing that's keeping me sane right uh because it gives me something to focus on and i like to study more and have a reason to study more and it's nice to connect to people and yeah is there something special you're going to be doing an astrology reading for anytime soon (laughs) i'm doing an astrology reading for my ex-girlfriend tomorrow um how um how recent is this ex exership we broke up um i think like eight years ago so it's distant past uh we're friends Mm -hmm. she's a really cool person um 
and she has a few businesses right now on the west coast so she's kind of um oh a few businesses yeah 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 i don't i don't want to like um i feel like i'm supposed to protect her privacy in some ways but she has a few restaurants and uh they were super successful one of them she just opened in january so it's like pretty stressful i would say that makes sense yeah so she's going through it and trying to figure it out and has never had an astrology reading and she hit me up and of course because like all good lesbians she was like is this a breach of boundaries if i ask you to do a reading for me and i was like no why don't you just like uh forward her that new york times piece by the woman who runs prune did you read that (laughs) i heard the one about brunch yeah well it's not about brunch it's just like well, it's about a it's about a woman who misses a, a different kind of New York, and mm-hmm. but also uh, has like a a mythos about herself. But um, I feel like you somehow made it more obscure. Like you gave me more information that I know because I was like I've you know I've read the I've read the critiques and I read the article and I think that I get what's something that happens with me is that sometimes I get really reticent because I think we just like live in a really hypercritical culture and sometimes it's kind of about the wrong things or it's not that it's like wrong to be critical it's just that it's exhausting definitely um so even though I thought it would be funny to be like oh your ex has like she's like a queer woman who like is now struggling with the restaurant why doesn't she read this really helpful navel gazing piece you know um (laughs) Now I'm like, you know what? What am I gonna say? <laughs> you know what though? Though I did like though. There's not gonna be any more brunch. I'm kind of over brunch too. I don't understand why we need to spend thirty dollars to like eat fucking croque monsieur and drink like a watered down mimosa. You know what? I don't either. Um, co- like on the counter narrative, maybe if Bloody Marys were offered all the time at all restaurants, that would be fine with me as well because I. That's really the only reason I go to brunch. <laughs> you know what? Deal. <laughs> In our new world, that seems appropriate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what feels both appropriate and inappropriate. What? Now that we've moved into quarantine for tourist season, mm-hmm. on the one hand, I can't think of signs or placements that would more enjoy an excuse to, provided they are not a essential workers who are forced to risk their lives right now right like that's reality too not everybody is staying Mm -hmm. home and I feel like Mm -hmm. uh, that gets lost sometimes and I don't want to perpetrate that myth but Mm -hmm. if you are a person who is lucky enough to be able to oblige stay-at-home orders I can't think of a placement who wouldn't rather just stay home and watch tv and eat edibles all day or whatever but then I also think about how Taurus is a sign of sensuality and enjoying the five senses and not being able to do that with people, not being able to touch people and smell them and like engage in that way unless you're quarantined with them and how that's like kind of a cruel twist of fate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also like, I mean, but I'd say that even our essential workers and the people who are like who are at risk a lot of them then have to experience a different kind of isolation from their loved ones, right, to protect them. So there's all kinds of ways that people are barred from just intimacy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a big problem. It's a big problem in the spring when you can't stick your face in a flower, you know, without thinking about maybe somebody else stuck their face in this flower. Mm. Have we figured out, though, how long the virus stays on flowers? No. Like, no, but you know what? If people are saying that literally it just floats around in the air. No. Like, or the fact that, like, a flower is no different than your groceries. Are you disinfecting those? Right? So it's the same. I, um, I'm gonna use a fifth there. You're not. I mean, it's okay if you wait, but you wait. Like, do you just, like, if somebody delivers you something, do you just, like, touch it and, like, put it in your mouth? No. No, I usually put things in the fridge for, like, 24 hours. But do I, like, do, like, this weird dance where I, like, take the bag and wipe everything down and then put the bag outside and whatever? Like, no, I fucking don't do that. 
Like, yeah, does that mean that I'm a vector? Waiting, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Okay, well, a flower might have not been alone for 24 hours. Yeah, I think. I mean, here's the thing. I think <laughs> that you're right. I also, I'm starting to struggle with compliance is what I would say. I'm wearing a mask. I'm wearing the gloves. I'm only going out to go grocery shopping. I'm not engaging with anyone except for Jenny. Like, I'm doing that. I'm washing my hands still every time I come home. But, like, it's getting harder and harder for me to, like, hold it in my brain and comply with all, like, the minutia of what happens with things that are coming into my house and staying in my house. I mean, I think you, I mean, because that's generally just about you, especially if you're already containing yourself. It's really about you thinking what, you know, like, what risks you think are highest. I, like, if I go grocery shopping, I'll wash all the things. To be honest with you, there's a part of me that probably would have kind of wanted to wash half those things before this pandemic started. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? For so sure. it's like, I mean, it's not that much different. It's like I always wash vegetables and fruits, et cetera, like, yeah. anyway. And now I just, like, also wash my creamer. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's um, probably wise. But I think that generally speaking because i live next to the cemetery and i go for nature walks like when the magnolias were out i'm just like well somebody could have walked by literally an hour ago and smelled this magnolia Mm -hmm. you know everyone's doing it like everyone's excited so the risk factor is actually pretty high like literally it's somebody's face with their like respiration in a thing that like is you know can hold bacteria on it i smelled a couple (laughs) of magnolias after the rain one night Mm, I did well, it. that is very beautiful and romantic and a risk and a risk it was three weeks ago I may be asymptomatic yeah who could say who could say you know it, you know what else I saw is that um I'm not the only person who thinks that the pandemic is turning everyone into a lesbian Daisy Jones over at Vice wrote a uh, small opinion piece on it I don't think it's turning everybody into a lesbian because it's like a lesbian is a lesbian. Sure. I think it was more about people are more are embracing the tenets of uh, lesbian culture, like baking. What are the tenets? Am I failing because I don't bake bread? Yeah. I think that you should have your own sourdough starter that you flood everybody's Instagram pictures uh, feeds with. Um, I think probably you should... If you have the privilege of having access to the yard, suddenly became very interested in gardening. Um, Mm. I think that people are spending more time just endlessly scrolling the adoption agency websites and fantasizing about the pet that they may or may not want to foster. Those are all true. Yeah. um, Those are true about me. People are getting more into kind of DIY aesthetic. (laughs) And thinking, and yeah. it's also like reminding me though of like the back to the land movement of like super like white like ex Christian dudes with their like married at nineteen wives. Yeah, for sure, right? Which like isn't is not also appropriate for tourist season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know what else I've been doing this quarantine season <laughs> quarantine season which lasts all seasons it's already it's been like, a year it's like uh what do you call it it's like the game of thrones when they're like winter is coming and they've I only lived like like one <laughs> i've been thinking about that where i was like oh this is game of thrones where it's like we don't know how long it's gonna last it's just gonna come and like we just have to deal so one thing that um, I've been doing is I've been uh, fetching the bolt cutters. You know, I'm talking about where I was. Listen up. <laughs> Listen, speaking of lesbian proxy, speaking of <laughs> dialing into rage, speaking mm-hmm. of adopting pit bulls, mm-hmm. Fiona mm-hmm. Apple has done it. She has done it. It is wild. It is fucking wild. Do, I feel like on the one hand, it's a travesty to not be able to like dance outside. Like you a want feral to dance creature. To it? Can, can you dance for me later to one of the songs? I just want to see one of your dances to one of these songs. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's more like just a 
again, I just keep the word that keeps coming to mind is feral, like just a feral expression of um, Mm -hmm. of rage, but like righteous fury and like the power that is there, you know, Mm -hmm. I think of like watching a wounded animal and just like watching its pulse in its throat as its eyes get big. Like that's what I think about when I think about this album. Like you don't realize your lust for life until it is close to being taken from you. Wow. You know what a ferocious review you've got there, Rose. I feel like it's also really playful, right? Yes. And so you have this great juxtaposition of like these really intense fucking themes and and scathing statements right mm-hmm. along with this kind of playful schoolyard vibe mm-hmm. um so percussive it's also like if you listen to this album you realize that particularly in the last two albums she was like leading us here she was starting to unfurl this little path leaving little breadcrumbs for us to follow mm-hmm. but like how incredible that I feel like this is the first album where she really got full creative control as far as the production style like somebody wasn't in there trying to smooth it over like she Mm -hmm. was there's a song where she's literally shaking a box of her dead dog's bones (laughs) as a percussive instrument (laughs) it's and to me what it speaks to you know i i do understand the ethical implications of discussing somebody's birth chart without their um consent but what i will say is her birth year and date are public knowledge right Mm -hmm. um she's born september 13th in 1977 i believe which would mean that she is approaching her uranus opposition right now Mm -hmm. did you look up her chart um i tried to but nobody has her birth time and then i kind of they hmm? have it i've seen her chart you know what her you know what her actual time of birth is i mean they have her chart they have her rising Mm. Is she liberalizing? Yeah, dude. Of course she is. Sense. Look at that face. Yeah. <laughs> and and the twelfth house sun action, right? Makes sense too. Mm. And if she's got Pluto in, yeah, yeah, she's a Libra ascendant, but in the final degree, of course, because she's like evolved. To, yeah, she's fully or like anoretic, actually. Well, actually, what I'm interested in is the fact that it's like 29 degrees Libra ascendant, so it's like. And then Scorpio is the whole first house. Yeah. And to me, that just seems correct. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, right? I mean, it smacks of, it smacks of transformation and like rising like a phoenix, right? And coming from the depths of trauma and fetching your own fucking bolt cutters, right? And cutting yourself out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, if we think about a Uranus opposition, which usually happens between 42 and 44 for people, um, there's an idea of really tapping into and unlocking your um, your true creative genius and potential mm. after you've passed through Saturn's gates. So oh, Saturn's gates. Yeah, and she also would have had a Pluto square in there, I think, as well. Um, that would I'm like I'm not I'm not keeping the looking, but I can pull back up. <laughs> I mean, I would say that her Pluto is probably in the teen degrees of Libra, probably around mm-hmm. like mm, thirteen or fourteen degrees. Um, 13 yeah but but regardless if you track her albums Saturn mm-hmm. return she puts out extraordinary machine first Saturn square and probably sometime close to her Pluto square she puts out the idler wheel mm-hmm. and then her like homecoming album <laughs> right which is literally she's recording it in her house yeah. with a bunch of weirdo freaks and her like Speaking, we'll get we'll get into the lesbian proxy yeah, in a second. Yeah, let's just talk about it. <laughs> but she has this like triumphant uranium uranium explosion. Uranium. But you know what I mean? Like this album is electric and it is feral and it is polarizing opposites, right? There's is uranium this... from Uranus. Definitely no, it's not. I don't think. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what uh, where the where the term comes from. Um, <laughs> I was like, Darius, I don't think these are. <laughs> no, I was um, trying to think of like, how do you say that somebody, you know what I mean? It's like we say plutonium, plutonian, mm-hmm. like would we call it 
Uranian. Uranian explosion of, um, it just feels like a real ownership. For sure. Of all of her shit. And her just. trying. Mm hmm. And also. What do you think of that Shamika thing? The Shamika thing? Have you read uh, the Vulture article where she talks about? I did, but it's also kind of interesting, right? It's like a double. I mean, so I've already written up the signs for each of these songs. It just hasn't been um, up yet, but it'll probably be up by the time people are listening to this episode. And like, I just think the Shamika song is like the Gemini song of the album (laughs) because it's kind of like you got like two experiences there where part of you is like, this shit is fucking awesome. And it's amazing. And it's like kind of riveting to have her like say this woman's name over and over and over again um and also like kind of um express her gratitude but then also it on the other hand on the other side of the gemini rock is just like the fact that she also needs to be like well she wasn't gentle and she wasn't my friend yeah and then like which is like okay like what does that mean? And then to have in the Vulture article her talk about how she remembered her as being like a lot more intimidating looking than she actually was. Mm, and so I'm like, you digging you know into what the racial is? undertones? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's what happens to black girls all the time. That's a good point to bring up. Um, and I don't think it should be discounted. Anywho. Okay, let's talk about... Um, uh, Fiona's living lesbian. <laughs> okay, so Fiona is living La Vida lesbian right now, and it begs it begs to it begs to, it begs to question. Begs to be There's so many questions that I have. So mm-hmm. she lives with this woman Zelda Hallman, who runs her Instagram presence and takes a lot of the photos that we see of her in interviews. But it's Zelda's account, so it's just like this is like Zelda's life. Like Zelda, it's weird. Yeah. It's it's and you know how they met was like they were walking dogs on the beach and See, Zelda, that doesn't seem so weird. <laughs> and Zelda didn't recognize Fiona Apple, but like Fiona, yeah. I think it was that like Fiona's dog got excited and Fiona had been saying how she wanted to find more dog friends. And mm-hmm. so they struck up a friendship where they would hang out and walk their dogs together. You know, Dykes love their rescue animals. Fiona loves her mm-hmm. rescue animals. She makes these wild videos where she's just like describing these dogs i watched a video of her i've gone down quite a wormhole i watched a video of her like meeting these two dogs and she's literally just like sitting down on her ass in this parking lot just like loving these dogs and these dogs are loving her it's like so pure and precious but so they Mm -hmm. met they became friends and then at some point fiona apple was kind of like i don't trust anybody but i trust this dyke which like Fair. fair enough um, you know, what Dyke hasn't had the experience of um, having their life full of vultures and then they meet an, a kind old long-haired butch lesbian. And yeah, they're it's like, like what's you? the age difference is pretty significant too, isn't it? It's It would appear that Zelda is maybe in her late 50s. She looks older. Well, butch Dykes, we are just now learning how to use face lotion. So I feel like... You're right. This is incorrect because I feel like a lot of butch Dykes I know, you don't know what their age is at all. That's true, because it's like, are you 45 or 14? Who could say? Yeah. Yeah, uh, fair. But it's still, I think that there's a few, there's, we contain multitudes, right, Gala? Like, it's not fair I think to. she looks like she's in her 60s. She could be in her 60s. We could look it up. But, but I Well, because I guess what I'm saying is that it, that makes it, I would, because if Fiona's in her 40s, mm-hmm. like somebody in their early, it's not a significant difference. I see. I see. But so you're like, this is actually like verging on Crohn status? Yeah, she seems. I mean, maybe she's got a crone vibe on the photos, of which there are a few of her. Even very, though it's her it was account. very hard to find a photo of her, even in her tagged photos. Like I had to really scroll really deep. Um, yeah, dude. And what is that about? It's like she is living in the in like in the mists of Avalon, <laughs> where Fiona is like the lady of the lake, and she just like serves her. And like tends to the well of her Instagram presence. Yeah, I mean, I think that she's a trusted friend and confidant. I don't know what their financial relationship is either, right? Like, I don't know if she pays Fiona Apple rent or like if there's like an exchange there where it's like she cooks for her and helps like keep her from drinking vodka straight out of the freezer and in exchange, um, mm. you know, 
there there is like a little bit of a caretaker vibe um but i think it's also that like i think it's so wonderful that after a lifetime of like really being exploited and being in all of these like terrible relationships with mostly harmful cis dudes that mm-hmm. fiona apple has found a group of confidants you know which like not to say that all of you know, A, like, who am I to judge of her experiences? But just from the interviews that I've read, like, the friendships that she has with her two dude bandmates seem super pure. And, like, with Zelda, it seems wild, too. Um, but, yeah, so there's Zelda. Who's yeah, who else are her mystery- confidants? Um, well, she's got her drummer and percussionist is a dyke, Amy Wood. Um, she also is apparently really close with King Princess. And they call King Princess Fiona's son. Which I think is kind of amazing and sweet. Um, and there is that one track that King Princess and Fiona sing together on. Like King Princess covered a Fiona Apple song and mm-hmm. across the universe or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't that track. It was a different one. It was I I can picture the cover of it. It's like purple, but I'll put it in the notes. Um, but then also Cara Devlin mm-hmm. and her apparently are super tight. They've been texting for a long time. And then she invited Kara over to sing on the title track. I wonder track. what they were texting about before she came to sing. She <sighs> said that we were texting for a while. I wonder what they were texting about. Because it's not like Kara really does music. And it's not like Fiona's really in the fashion or even like the movie world. So what are they texting about? What What are they chatting about over there? <laughs> Who could say? Doesn't it seem a little like um, maybe her son introduced her to all these other young dykes? It's true. It's true. I would say it sounds a little bit like AA, but King Princess is definitely not sober. Yeah, King Princess is not sober. And Fiona has described like she has she's stopped doing many drugs and stopped drinking alcohol it seems but i think she still smokes pot and takes psychedelics which story well, checks out with this album. la sober that's what they call la sober listen i'm hear about pretty that? much la sober i'm into la sober <laughs> that's what it's i'm um as somebody who's up in the know i've just heard that that term is what's being used in case anyone's curious about the vocabulary circulating sure. I mean, I can understand that, like, perhaps it could be seen as a bias because those are the things that, like, I'm pretty into. But um, in general, I think yeah, that somebody might think you're biased. Somebody. Somebody might. Do you think I'm biased? I think that <laughs> no. socially, we we do need to we need to be a little more clear about the different repercussions of relationships to different substances, and we need to like. I think it's high time that we start to undo the work of the war on drugs and realize that like smoking pot and doing math are two different things. Mm. Intentional psychedelic use and like doing cocaine are two different things. I mean, I don't know. I think that's plus minus. Like I hear what you're saying and like on a practice level, I agree with you. Um, I would say that this is the part where like there is some part of like me maybe it's like a Satanist. I don't know. That's just like people can do the fuck they want. They it's all like everyone can do what the fuck they want like that. We can put any fucking thing that we find out there into our bodies and that should be fucking fine. The trouble begins when like a lot of these substances are mechanized to destroy communities and to fill up prisons and to like fuel really violent drug trades and all the things that we don't even know about that happen between nations you know definitely like, and the to be clear, the i'm not trying to moralize i'm not trying to moralize a person's decisions over what they're drawn to or what they're using i think regardless they can't be every substance and its use can't be lumped into the same category they have it's true they have different functions they provide different things for different people they have different side effects you know mm-hmm. or on the reverse same tip it's like they should just all be everything should just be lumped as a substance right and they're all a substance so it's like your cigarettes are also nicotine is the substance Caffeine right just is because, also like, a substance yeah sugar <laughs> like, is also a substance alcohol yeah i mean umami 
is altering. <laughs> it is. So Let's mommy. be real. Have you ever gotten food <laughs> high? I have. I definitely have. Oh, mommy. No. Have you ever had like the most delicious bowl of ramen and then you're like, well, I'm kind of fucked up right now. And it's like literally just. Were you that. also high when you had that ramen? Not every time. Trust me. I tried a control group. <laughs> I tried some different things. Is it the place that you took me to? Is there a different ramen place? Or where should I go to get this sexual ramen? My Taurus moon has kicked in. I'm like, excuse me. Sexual hold ramen. on. I would say that's like my, that's just the closest ramen place to my house. Um, but how did we get to ramen from Fiona Apple and all of her? My question is just like, Fiona. <laughs> What's she up to? Don't you think maybe it might be cool? I think that she does think that, actually. Yeah. I think that she just loves men. Yeah, that's fair. That's the thing. I think that if Fiona, like, I think Fiona is actually so cool <laughs> yeah. that if she had, like, had it in her desire closet to, like, be with women, then she would have. Yeah. You know? That's just not, that's not her story right now. That's true. But I, I do think that she loves women and it's part of her suffering, right? The sort of like isolation that she's felt from them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And also like there's this one, I used to rewatch this one clip because I've loved Fiona forever. Um, And I used to watch this one clip where she does an onstage performance with um, Shirley Manson. With Shirley Manson. And basically at some point, Fiona kind of like, flirts with her yeah. and then Shirley is like lol like we are all like we're all having such a good jokey time you know and Fiona's like looks at the like looks at her and kind of like looks out at the audience and then looks at her and it's sort of like not if you're into it <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy unless <laughs> yeah well I also wonder like you did bring up a good point and it's definitely illustrated on this album talking about mm-hmm. that that craving of closeness with women and and really being resentful of being pitted against them or being seen as competition or not being Mm -hmm. able to like hey we have this wealth of shared experiences and like wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice if we could actually connect around Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you know instead of tearing each other apart or icing each other out ladies 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 (laughs) ladies which like maybe Maybe her lesbian friendship, she was able to find that connection, you know? But yes. no, because there's, there's no a lack of, there's no competition. And, and these are people who appreciate her and, and value her and who like, perhaps she feels safe around and feels like she can connect with in, in that way that she craves to connect with other women, but for whatever reason, hasn't been able to. Right. God bless her, you know. Like she's also a dog lover, right? So it's like <laughs> there's that, there's that connect, that same kind of like pureness of relationship that you can have with the dog as long as you're not like a fucked up weirdo. Where you're Are just you comparing like friend being friends with lesbians to like being friends with dogs. Just check in. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> I think that anybody who loves dogs will see that that's not a dig to dogs or lesbians. I mean, you're totally right. I love dogs. But I think dogs are better than people. I mean, yeah. Dogs are better. I think all animals are better than people. I co sign that 100%. Yeah, Yeah. there's just sorry, that's not going to be a point of argument between us. It's not going to stimulate (laughs) great conversation. Do you think I was looking for one? Do you think I was like, let's fight? No, but I I just felt you did say sorry before you said it. And I was like, I agree with that. But I, I just think mean... I said sorry too because I don't want to be, I don't want to be a white woman saying I love dogs more than people in this way oh, where it fair. comes off as like the people who prioritize like animal welfare over the welfare of like people who are more targeted with government and police violence, which is not my position. You know, I just think existentially, theoretically the spirits of animals, the souls of animals are better than the souls of, of at least white people. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to make that distinction. We're set on Fiona, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that we've talked enough about it. Uh, it's, 
you know, and there's so many great articles too about the album to like mm-hmm. that really dissect it from like a critical lens. But I was just happy to feel that. Fury. I loved it. I mean, but I knew I would love it. And um, it actually reminded me of her older stuff too. Like that's the thing, like mm-hmm. it's entirely new, but like the percussive quality is a lot of When the Pawn, like When the Pawn is an incredibly percussive album. Mm-hmm. It's just that now she's playing more. So yeah. it's less like finessed. Well, right. It's got less of the influence of um, big name producers trying to put their stamp on it. Or men. Men. Yeah. <laughs> like she men. definitely, she works with engineers and producers, but on this album, you can tell. For me, it seems like there's so much less that is lost in translation as mm-hmm. compared to her other works. And I don't, I think that, I think that she's been brilliant the whole time. I do think that there has been some maturing and a sharpening, but I think that there's also just been less shit in the way. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, there's this one terrible. I was listening to Title, and there's like <laughs> this one song that you can tell a producer is like, "This is gonna be our Latin crossover," and you're just like, "What oh, the really? fuck is what? happening?" It's like, give me the first taste. Mm, no it's not that one I would have to I'll look at it I'll put it in the notes but it's like you can just tell like after hearing something that she's had so much more control over you realize like yeah these are not choices she would make and to and like you understand how much a producer can influence the the end product which like we know right we know that but yeah, we know. We know. We know. We know. We know, stuff. We know some we know things. Stuff. We know that she's a stuff. fucking genius, and I'm glad that she's getting. I'm sorry that it took this long for her to be taken seriously, um, but I'm glad that she's still getting her roses while she's fucking alive. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. And while she's still got like, I mean, at the rate that she records, she's probably only got two more albums left in her. But mm-hmm. I will always stand a Virgo perfecting perfection that it's true it's a big part of what she's doing and making all right so you know what else I feel like we should talk about what what else what else well I was gonna I just feel like Fiona Apple was the topic of things to enjoy during this (laughs) time and the other thing though I understand Mm -hmm. that access can be an issue Vita is back it's true, but I don't know what's going on. I feel like I like, I said just doing one episode at a time right now. Yeah. I found access to one episode and then uh, the fourth episode. It's confusing. I don't know how you found access to the fourth episode, but allegedly they're doing one episode at a time. You can't binge okay, it. Okay, good. Which for season two, they did put it all out at once, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But for some misguided reason, the network has decided not to renew it. So I think that's part of the reason that they're pacing they're it, stretching out. it out. I think it's good to stretch it out. It gives me um, something to look forward to. I saw the first episode and it was so hot yeah. um, because there was Havela mm-hmm. and she's just singing in the background. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just, yeah. you know, just chef's kiss. Yeah. Like, I don't have anything to add to it, but um, if you need a little pick-me-up and if you need, like, some hot hot queer sex scenes that look like at least one, if not both, of the people have ever had sex with a woman before, um, (laughs) I recommend Vita. It's true. And then Roberta is also, like, in another new Hulu show. So she's just, like... Bert is getting around. They're just, like, hiring her to be the, like, guest lesbian, I feel, like, the guest dyke. Because the other show, she's in, she's in Mrs. America. Oh, shit. Yeah. She comes up as this, like, dyke photographer who seduces one of the, like, organizers from Miss Magazine. So, Kate Blanchett, again, is in Not a weird... Kate. I know, but she's in a weird dyke proxy position. No, she's not in that role. Oh, wait, is she like, playing Phyllis just... Schlafly? Schlafly? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, she's like opposite of it. But... Yeah, I'm like, just not. Yeah, just <laughs> not. But she is a Taurus, so we'll give you that. Um, I know, you love her. I do not know why I love her so much. What do you think about the Scorpio full moon that's coming up? 
Oh, I don't know. I think it's going to reveal some fucked up shit. That's what I think is going to You gonna think happen. it's going to do some big reveals? I haven't even been thinking about that. Yeah, the come big on. reveal aspect. Yeah. I guess I've been thinking about Scorpio's craving reveals rather than having them. Uh, I just I guess I just feel like um in the full moon place I I guess I just think about full moons as being revealing because finally mm. we see like the whole picture. And it being in Scorpio to me feels like it's going to be some fucking dark shit. Wow. Yeah. Right? I mean, the thing is, the Taurus-Scorpio axis is life and death. Yeah. It's inside me, too, so I understand it so well. <laughs> is that what that means? Um, I think that um, what how I understand the access to someone who is also Scorpio Centaurus moon is that it's kind of like um, the tension between like the the desire to destroy in order to transform mm-hmm. and the like and the will to kind of like hold on yeah right there is there is definitely this idea of um, retention and release um, or like the desire to accumulate versus the desire to destroy um, mm-hmm. or to, you know, there's also with Taurus there, you know, I know we talk a lot about the moon and cancer is signs of, of nurturing, but I think that there is very much that in Taurus too, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the desire to nurture and make something grow. Um, so, But also like then it becomes like, I think, a kind of point of pride like yeah. I've nurtured this so I can't ever let it go yeah there's an ego investment there for sure but mm-hmm. like how many Scorpios do you know who've held a fucking grudge for 13 years so it's true so it's not fully fair to say that Scorpios don't also have trouble letting go fixed signs in general right they really do I just think that a Scorpio it's like they will perform the act of the severance yeah. You know? And then hold a tiny little bit of it inside of them. And Taurus yeah, is like, it takes them a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, much like Aquarians, once they finally are like, oh, yeah, no, then all of a sudden it's like out. They've, yeah, they're done. They've they're a, completely done. They've done a lumpectomy with that thing. They the have, thing is, like, Scorpio is never it. done. No. They're never done. It, there's always like a part where it's like, Hmm. A little bit of my poison courses through you for as long as you live. <laughs> well, because there is that like possessive, obsessive mm-hmm. quality, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like there's a good, um, there's a good poker face usually involved. It's true. You know, nobody knows who I possess. But inside of a Scorpio, like inside of a scorpion, it's all goo. Cool. You know, they have this hard, fierce I exterior. I do know. Yeah. Rose. I know you know. I do know. I it's know. just so soft. I feel like, especially with this Venus retrograde shadow, it's really hitting me. The goo is just like bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, that, that which you're speaking of is Venus retrograding, um, which starts May 13th, the actual period of retrograde motion, and then it goes mm-hmm. until June 24th or 25th, I believe it stations, and then um, we'll be fully out of it end of July. God damn. Yeah. Know, I think that there are some astrologers out there that like just are not too concerned. I don't think they're the water signs. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that this Venus is what it's it's in Gemini? Why do you think that it's going to affect the water sign so profoundly? Mm-hmm. Don't you mm-hmm. think it's more your Venus and Sag that's being activated by it? I think that there's a well, the thing is with Venus retrograde is that it brings up a lot of like old issues around like how you relate to others and like how you offer your affection to others i mean it's like the venus idea right like how we define venus how we talk about venus in reality it appears that every time people go through a venus retrograde they're like five thousand breakups so it has to do with relationships like whether or not people want to talk about that and be like this is about attractiveness or value or, or whatever like all those things are part of our relationships and 
I don't know. I've never gone through Venus retrograde where I didn't have like four different people telling me that they were like about to break up with the person they were dating. And I was like, listen, <laughs> here's what's happening, just so you know. <laughs> and why I say the water signs is because I think that, you know, the water signs tend to be the ones that like really hold on to the most shit. <laughs> mm, the retention. So then when a retrograde comes around, it all just starts like, um, like coming up to the surface right and there is like you know with with Scorpio there may be a, I think though it's buried it, there's like a little more consciousness mm-hmm. of of their feelings that doesn't mean that they're sharing it with people but they kind of know whereas I think mm-hmm. with Pisces and with Pisces it's been diffused out into the entire universe and they like they're like I love everyone and they're like oh except for this person I guess mm-hmm. and it's gonna form a couple of Pisces squares mm-hmm. that's true so I could see that and then with cancers who knows what's going on with them I mean this is the thing we know because cancers have spent so much time in this past few years like well, especially with the nodal position really doing a lot of self-improvement and a lot of growth and a lot of like a self-assessment and now they're gonna have to look at their relationships like they've been you know they've been avoiding those relationships like not like fully but in that way where they've just really focused on like how do I improve myself improve yourself and the rest follows right right but if you're thinking about a cancer solar chart then Gemini is going to fall in the 12th house right so Mm -hmm. it is still going to be like a lot of subconscious activity happening I mean, I I do want to say that we can't discount the fact that Venus also rules over our relationship to art and resources. And I think that there also is a lot of a reevaluation about that right now going on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what does money mean to people? Is it worth sacrificing your health and well-being? Do we actually need to have jobs? Is that I mean, those are great about? questions, but... But also, like, what's going on with the arts? What's the future of the arts? The way that people engage with them right now? Like, mm-hmm. it's super unclear. And so it's like, if you don't have a crazy, wild social media presence, like, what does that mean, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's also, like, Venus's like... popularity, you know? Yeah, but I think that it's, like... I guess I don't see a retrograde transit in particular in Venus as the one where like we question a large collective like structure yeah so for me it might be people reevaluating their own relationship to their creative force mm-hmm. right so like now that they're kind of maybe forced to look at their life a little differently or engage it a little differently or even like you know, people are going to get fucking tired of the Netflix and the distractions and maybe even they're going to try to avoid all the like emotional crisis they want to stir up because of Venus retrograde in the emotional sense. And so then they're like, well, how do I like actually use my time in a way that makes sense to me and that I value and that's like creative and fulfilling. Right. So I could see that happening on like a very like um, singular level. Yeah. I mean, I guess also it's hard to separate out the Uranus moving through Taurus, right? And mm-hmm. so that is also causing a lot of upheaval. I'm just thinking about retrograde as a time of like mm, reviewing and reexamining things. So I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't apply there. I think it also obviously depends very much on individual's birth chart, right? Like if you right. have Venus we conjunct your midheaven, then you're going to be thinking a lot more possibly about like your job mm-hmm. and what you're doing in the world. Whereas Mm -hmm. if it's in your fourth house or your seventh house, right? Or your 12th house, you'll be having a different relationship there. It's so true. It's Mm -hmm. so true. You could only really know how this transit could affect you personally if you had your chart turned by somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't know who. It could be anybody. I wonder who could do that for you. (laughs) Reader, spoiler alert. I could do that for you. (laughs) I don't know, Gala. Are you doing readings right now? I do sometimes. I could do it for you. There's like, um, sometimes I just don't want to. <laughs> I do want to. So yeah. t- take that. As, if you really feel like you connect with Gollumore, I understand. Mm-hmm. It's just a different vibe. I think that um, 
Well, I don't know. I mean, actually, I've not really had you read my chart, Rose. I can't speak to your vibe. I guess I can, I'm not going to differentiate my vibe from yours. I'm going to say that what I've experienced from other people and the readings that they've offered me or not, that I feel like I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of mediumship when I do the chart. Mm -hmm. So it's, it does take a lot of your aspects into account, but then I'm also just sharing the information that I get from spirit. And that for me can be really tiring and um, really like, so I need to kind of feel like I, like I need to share it with you. Like there's something really important in the reading between us. Um, that makes sense. I think it would be different if it was my primary source of income though, but it's not, right? So yeah, that becomes sure. like a, a different kind of gift. Yeah. And to be clear, I just meant literally based upon listening to this podcast, if you're like, oh, I like the way Gala <laughs> thinks, you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. I get it. We're different. We're just different. We're just different, but it's like we're also kind of the same, but we're also like different. Mm-hmm. Like many lesbian couples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'm sorry. I just like saw another plane and it reminded me of the fucking jets that made me so fucking livid. Yeah. Where's the fucking hazard pit? It. Like, I, I also, I have to be honest, I'm getting a little tired of the 7 p.m. clap. Only because that in and of itself like that's not enough like if you really care like send some money reach out take care put pressure on administrations in the hospitals i don't know what we can do to change it but it just seems like clapping there there's like this idea when you make somebody a hero and then thank them for their sacrifices then you're ignoring the fact that like these systems could be functioning in a way where they didn't have to make those sacrifices and also like in my mind like a hero is somebody who knows the risks and chooses to do it because they they feel like doing it and they want to do it and that there's consent involved and like and a consciousness about it Rather yeah. than people who are like just thrown into this terrible, fucked up situation and then forced to choose between like being able to eat and pay rent and being able to like actually even touch their fucking family, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. And it doesn't yes. have to be like that. Doesn't have to fucking be like that. I was so fucking angry about those jets. Let me tell you what. Yeah. It just did it for me. Like, I. I've been like angry inside. I've been sad inside. But when I saw them flying over and I thought about how much money like, was allocated for those fucking jets, I just was like angry crying. Like I just couldn't handle it any fucking more. Yeah. $80,000. That's how much. It's just, I mean, I think that's probably even a low fucking estimate. I think honest. so too. But. Well, that's a fun low note, don't you think? I mean, I'm kind of in, you know, we're in and out of notes. It's is true. The thing. We're here doing what the whole world is doing. Yeah. That's the thing. The whole world is afraid to touch people they love. And we are doing it too. Yeah. So I guess with that, we could bid you adieu. Yeah, I guess we're going to. You can find us in all the places at Big Dyke Energy Podcast. If you want to book a reading, there's a link in our bio. Uh, if you want to book one with Gala, you might have to go through some um, back channels and get some kind of spirit approval to do so. But You could just DM me. Yeah, you could do that. Um, you can find us on Twitter, though I'm not on there anymore. But I think Gala checks in on it. Yeah, sometimes I look at that Twitter. Not a lot, though. <laughs> I mean, I look at my own a lot, but I can't keep up with all the Twitters. I can't. No, one, all the only, tweeting and twatting I, and Twitter. I just take it bird by bird, you know. <laughs> oh shit! Bringing it back to Bert and Vita. <sighs> on that note, take it bird by bird. Listen to Fiona Apple. 
even if you think you don't like Fiona Apple, you maybe should try this album. You should just try it. Just give it a little taste. Yeah. Um, and the you, first one. Yeah, just give it a little, a little look-see. Uh, we love you. Keep sending us mutual you. aid uh, stuff that you want us to uplift. We love to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it for now. But we'll come back because we're inside so much. So we're just going to keep making cute things for you. Yeah, watch out now. Watch out now. <laughs> Big Dyke Energy is mixed and recorded by Rose Blakelock and features original music by Knight of Cups. The King Princess song with Fiona Apple is I Know, and I Couldn't Find the Age of Zelda Hallman. 